Hello. Welcome to another episode of the Trinity Episcopal Pocatello podcast. Peace be with you. This week's sermon is based on scripture in Matthew, when Jesus bodes his disciples to follow him and become fishers of people. In turning towards the light, Reverend Haiti shows how answering a call to assist in building God's kingdom results in seeing the world in a new, joyous way. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. Immediately. Now, I am someone who first sensed a call to ordain ministry in 1975. I wrote my college essays on the subject in 1979, and as some of you may remember, I was finally ordained in 2019, (laughs) 40 years later. Immediate response might not be one of my strengths. But really, the fisherman's whole response feels like a bit of a challenge. Yeah, you and I are called to follow Jesus, just like the fishermen were. We're committed to following Jesus. That's why we're here this morning. But really, the idea of walking away from my home, my livelihood, my family, my responsibilities, it's almost unimaginable, immediately or otherwise. I don't think I'm the only person here who feels that way. So what can we do with the story that we hear in today's gospel? We can tell ourselves that people have different calls, that this is a story about Peter and Andrew and James and John, not us. We're not apostles. Jesus doesn't expect us to do anything that extreme. But we also know that the disciples' experience often reflects our own, and vice versa. And it's worth thinking about what that reflection tells us. Alternatively, we can tell ourselves that the choice to follow Jesus is aspirational. Maybe it's what we hope for in some of our best moments, but few of us really get there. Peter and Andrew had trouble all through their time with Jesus. We're going to see the disciples struggling to follow him when their own hopes and fears get in the way. True following isn't expected of us, we might say. It's hardly possible. But today, in the gospel reading we just heard, we see a moment when a future like this feels not only possible, but urgent. It's urgent enough to Jesus, at least, that he's going to preach his message, even though John's been arrested for doing exactly the same thing. He's not going to do it in Jerusalem. That might be poking the bear a bit. Um, But he's not going to let his message be silenced. He leaves the desert and he leaves Judea. He goes back to remote, unimportant, occupied Galilee. He starts preaching. Repent, he says, just like John did. 
Repent, he says, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. What does he mean? Society is already pretty good at calling the suffering to repentance, after all, blaming people for their own misfortunes. It doesn't really feel like good news to have Jesus do so as well. But as I've lived with this story this week, I found a way of thinking about the good news that's been working for me. I found myself imagining a space a bit like Plato's cave, a dark space where Jesus' listeners have been living together, facing their challenges together, looking out for each other, a space with only a few thin rays of light coming from far away, a place where Jesus' listeners have their backs to that dim light, fixing their eyes instead on the things it falls on. Poverty, pain, hunger, debt, suffering produced by unjust laws, arbitrary power. Fishermen in today's gospel know all about that kind of space. They know about poor catches and lethal storms, hostile soldiers, life-threatening illness, urban contempt. Jesus' listeners today know that kind of space, too. Listeners who are living in bomb shelters and homeless encampments, refugee camps, prisons, listeners without power suffering suffocating heat or brutal cold, listeners living lives where the need to just get by sucks up every bit of available light and energy and attention. And let's face it, most of us are those listeners at one time or another, even when we're sheltered, even when there's food on the table. Many of us fall into days and weeks and months where our only focus is on making our way in the dark, on last week's argument, yesterday's shooting, tomorrow's unmeetable deadline, next week's test result. Some of us have gotten pretty good at sitting in the dark, at navigating, finding blankets, making sure those around us are taken care of, defending the most vulnerable. They're not unimportant skills to have, but they're not enough. Turn around, Jesus says. Look, in Jesus' coming, I imagine a shift in the shape of my imaginary cave. An earthquake, maybe. The opening becomes larger and clearer and brighter and closer. Jesus steps in front of us, between us and the very back, and takes hold of our shoulders and turns us around to face the light. He stands among us right there in all the challenges and all the pain, and he says, look, the kingdom of God is right here. The light is right here. You get to follow the light. You get to share the light. That's the good news that Jesus is bringing into the world. 
We think of repentance as turning from, and it often is, but much of Jesus' message is about turning to. Look, he says, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. A whole new world of possibility. That great light we heard about in our reading from Isaiah this morning, the promised light that was going to shine on the people who walked in darkness, this man, Matthew says, this man is that light. This man brings that light. Turning from can be good, can be necessary. We are called, all of us, to turn away from actions that hurt ourselves and others. Sometimes we're even called to turn away from things that are perfectly reasonable and respectable, just because they've stopped being the best uses of our time and energies. But for most of us, turning from can be unimaginable when we can't see what we're turning to. So Matthew sets out to tell us what that turning to is like. Jesus starts walking around Galilee, Matthew says, telling people to turn and look. We don't know if he does it for a month or a week or an hour, but we know what it looks like. He walks by the Sea of Galilee. He looks straight at those two young fishermen. Come, he says. Follow me and I will make you fish for people. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. Had they met him before? Had they heard him preach before? Matthew doesn't tell us. But here's what he also doesn't say. He doesn't tell us that Simon and Andrew repented their previous lives. They've been working hard with their father to earn an honest livelihood. I would imagine that their jobs have often been wildly boring and difficult and frustrating. They may be glad to leave them, but that's not what we usually mean when we say repent. He doesn't say that Jesus called Simon and Andrew away from immorality into morality. What they've been doing is something that most cultures would consider highly moral working hard, helping their father, providing for their families. Did they quarrel? Did they tell lies? Maybe. We know those are also things they will occasionally do in the months and years ahead. He doesn't say that Jesus offered them a better lifestyle than they already had, an enhancement of their lives. There will be no private planes, no Rolexes, no swimming pools. They'll be following someone who doesn't always have a place to sleep. He doesn't say that following Jesus will mean an absolute break with everything they already know. It clearly won't. Those first disciples are called with their brothers. Their mother talks to Jesus later in the story. The disciples do bring some of their current lives with them into their futures. But in this moment, Jesus offers them hope and vocation and himself. 
Jesus looks at them and talks to them. He gives them not a job, but a mission. They will become fishers of men. They will bring other people to the kingdom of God, and in doing so, they will be part of creating that kingdom, as we all are. He gives them a vision so compelling that even standing where they are, the suffering around them looks different. And they can see more than the suffering. They can see possibility. They can see blessing. Their vision of the world around them has changed, and they are changed with it. Immediately. May we, too, be changed by Jesus' presence among us. Amen. We hope you found something helpful in today's episode. Please reach out to us if you have questions about our parish or the Episcopal Church. We are online at www.trinitypocatello.org. Our mission is to weave God's unfinished tapestry, and by listening, you are part of that mission. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia.